0: Good morning and welcome again to our worship service. We're glad that you're here. We're thankful for those of you that are visiting. As always, we encourage you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. We're going to be looking today at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Specifically, we want to note verse 13, the passage that was read a moment ago. And our study today is going to focus on learning to tame the temptations of life. And by way of application, all of us whether young or old, we're all tempted. And so we have to do battle every day. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, Paul said, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow or suffer you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. How can we learn to tame the temptations of life? Because we know that the devil is always after us. What we want to do is to rise above the temptations of life, be faithful to God, and ultimately have a home in heaven. I want to begin today by talking for a moment or two about the source of temptation, And really when we talk about the source of temptation, we're accentuating the culprit behind all of the temptations of life. Because there is, as I would say, a mastermind behind the temptations that we face on a regular basis. Matthew in chapter 4 chronicles for us the temptations of Christ... And he identifies the one that was the culprit behind those temptations. He is called the devil or the tempter. And there's a lot said in the scriptures about the devil or the tempter and his work, his efforts to circumvent the faith of those of us who belong to God. Jesus in John chapter 8 verse 44 identified him as a liar and a murderer. And he said, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Jesus also, in talking about the mastermind behind temptation, described him in Matthew chapter 13, verse 39, as the enemy. And then... I think about the words of Peter who described him as an adversary who walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he might devour in 1 Peter chapter 5 at verse 8. And then there are the words of John in Revelation chapter 12 at verse 9. John described him as the one who deceives the whole world. He's also called the accuser of the brethren. So here's the mastermind. Here's the one that is behind the temptations of life. But what about his methods? What kind of tactics does the devil employ to undermine our faith, to destroy our spiritual lives? Well, the Bible tells us that the devil as our adversary, has a number of tools at his disposal. I think about the devil's toolbox. And so, in looking at the scriptures, the Bible tells us that he uses the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life to attack those of us who are the people of God. You remember John said in 1 John chapter 2, Love not the world. Neither of the things which are in the world, if any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life are not of the Father, but are of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of the Father abideth forever. If you go back to the Garden of Eden, when Satan, or the serpent, tempted Eve. He used those very things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. As a result of that, he came between her and her God. He came between Adam and his God, ushering in spiritual and physical death. And thus, as a result of that, the human family has suffered ever since. And then I think about the devil. The one who not only uses the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And by the way, the devil knows how to make things look appealing. And and really, he is the master of disguise. He is the master of false doctrine. Think about how many people he has gotten to buy in to the whole idea of live for the here and now. You don't have to worry about eternity. Think about how many people have bought into the philosophy that what you need to do is eat, drink, and be married because tomorrow, after all, we die. Think about how many people the devil has gotten to buy in to the idea that we're not of divine origin. We've not been made in the image and the likeness of Almighty God. We don't have an eternal soul. You are your own God. You determine your own destiny. You live as you want to live. You do as you want to do. The devil understands. that if he can rock your faith in God, then he can lay claim to your soul. There are lots of folks that have literally been seduced by the devil. He is, as I mentioned a moment ago, the mastermind of temptation. He uses false doctrine and false tactics to deceive so many people. He has been doing it ever since the Garden of Eden. He will continue to do so until the end of time. And then I think about in the second place the subjects of temptation. What about The subjects of temptation, the challenges that we face in this life because of the devil. First of all, I think it would be good to just point out that we need to expect temptation. You see, the Bible tells us that the devil is relentless, he doesn't give up. As a matter of fact, the devil is always in pursuit of his next victim. In Luke chapter 4, we read of the temptations that Jesus faced from the devil. In verse 13, the Bible tells us that after having resisted the temptations that were put before him, that the devil left him until an opportune time. And really all Luke is saying there is that just because the Lord Jesus Christ was successful in that series of temptations did not mean that the devil wasn't coming back. Why? Because he is relentless. The devil did everything within his power to put obstacles and barriers between Jesus and the cross. But Jesus didn't bite. So the devil's coming back. Here's what Peter said, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary the devil walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And again, the idea is that the devil is relentless. He doesn't give up. I think about how people in our world today, they'll try something, they fail, and they give up. There are some that because something's too hard or too complicated or too difficult, just walk away from it. Let me tell you what, that's not how the devil operates. The devil is relentless. He is constantly in pursuit of your eternal soul. So, by way of expectation, we need to understand that the devil is our adversary. He's always on the lurk. But what about the fact that there are no exceptions when it comes to temptation? ever thought about that you know the devil is not partial but rather the devil preys upon all kinds of people it doesn't matter if somebody's young or old rich or poor black or white educated uneducated doesn't matter what their status in life is everyone is fair game i think about how young people can be tempted Just like Joseph. You remember Joseph, 17 years of age, sold into the hands of the Ishmaelites and the Midianites? He found himself working for a fellow by the name of Potiphar. Potiphar's wife cast her eyes upon him. She tried to seduce him. And Joseph said, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Here's Joseph, 17 years of age, and yet the devil was after him. I think, about how, I think about how powerful people can be tempted, just like David. You know, the Bible tells us that David was a man after God's own heart. And David had a lot of what I would call great qualities. David was a good man. And yet David fell prey to temptation. You remember what happened in 2 Samuel chapter 11, the record telling us that David committed adultery with Bathsheba? So here's somebody who is powerful and prominent, well known, and yet he fell prey to the devil. So just because you're young doesn't mean you won't be tempted. Just because you're powerful doesn't mean you won't be tempted. And then I think about how common people, just everyday run of the meal folks like us, are all tempted. You remember Gehazi, a servant, one who worked under the prophet Elisha? Elisha, as you well recall, had an encounter with Naaman the prophet, or rather, Naaman the leper. And the Bible tells us that this leprous man was cleansed and he wanted to offer a gift to the prophet. The prophet Elisha refused that gift, wouldn't take it. Gehazi, however, had different thoughts. He decided that he would get a gift for himself. And so he went. And lied to to Naaman, telling him that a couple of the sons of the prophets had come and they needed some things. And would he be willing to part with those things, which he did. The bottom line, Gehazi was covetous. So he fell prey. And then I think about spiritual leaders. You know, sometimes we talk about people that are, as we would say, spiritual giants. And in our mind, how in the world could they ever fall prey to temptation? Let me tell you about the apostle Peter. You remember Peter? You remember Jesus on one occasion told Peter that the devil was after him? Wanted to sift him as wheat? In other words, I think what he was saying is the devil's about to put you through the mill. Simon Peter, a disciple, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember what happened? Jesus told him that he would deny him and he did. So what's the point? The point is, it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to be tempted. We're all going to be tempted. So here's the question. How can we, as the people of God, subjugate temptation? In other words, how can we defend ourselves? How can we stand strong and be strong? You remember, Paul said, be strong in the Lord, in the strength of his might. Then he said, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles, the schemes of the devil. I think there are some ways that we can defend ourselves, resist if you please. Number one, we can resist temptation with information. How can I know how to combat the tactics of the devil? Well, I need to understand how he operates, don't I? Do you remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 at verse 11? He said, we're not ignorant of the devices of Satan, lest he gain advantage over us. You've got to know the enemy. You've got to know how he operates. You've got to understand that the devil is doing everything within his power to destroy your eternal soul. So you've got to equip yourself with the word of God. You've got to take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and do battle with him. Here's what James said. James said, Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempts he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust, and lust when it has conceived brings forth sin. Sin when it is full grown brings forth death. You've got to understand that the devil is going to try to bait you. You've got to know what the bait is. And then you've got to know. You've got to know when to draw the line. So I think about resisting with information, arming ourselves, equipping ourselves with an arsenal of scripture and knowing how the enemy operates. The psalmist in Psalm 119.11 said, Your word have I laid up in my heart that I might not sin against you. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, each and every time as Matthew presents those temptations, Jesus responded by saying, It is written. And then I think about resisting temptation with determination. In other words, I am going to determine right now. I have drawn that line in the sand and I'm saying, you know what? I'm not giving in. I'm not falling prey. I'm not going to let the devil get a foothold in my life. Listen, if you would, to what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4. He said, neither give place to the devil. In other words, don't let him in the door. And and the idea is that if you open the door, guess what? He's coming in. And Paul's saying, don't give him a foothold, a stronghold in your life. You've got to be determined. Think about Joseph. I mentioned him just a moment ago. Joseph... Was in the heat of battle, spiritually speaking. And Joseph had enough conviction, determination, to say no. I think about Daniel, in Daniel chapter 1, verse 10. The Bible says that he would not defile himself with the king's delicacies. In other words, he wasn't going to compromise, he wasn't going to make a concession. He was determined to do what is right. We have to have that same kind of determination. We've got to say, come what may, we're going to do what's right, no matter what it costs. And then, resist temptation with dedication. And the idea here is that we are dedicated to right doing. Do you remember what the Bible talks about? regarding righteousness or right doing in first Timothy chapter 6 Paul talked about the man of God following after righteousness and godliness and the idea is that I am dedicated to a way of life to certain principles in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9 the bible speaks of Christ and in that contra in that context he's talking about the superiority of Jesus over angelic beings But in verse 9, he said, you have loved righteousness and hated iniquity or hated lawlessness. The point is, the more we grow to love and to cherish right doing or righteous living, the less appeal unrighteousness will hold in our lives. It's an everyday battle. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, don't you? There have been times in life when I'm sure all of us, you know, we start the week on Sunday and we end the week on Saturday, and we look back over the previous week and we think about some of the struggles and some of the fights and difficulties that we have faced, spiritually speaking. Quite candidly, there are times when probably all of us have said, you know what, the devil whipped me, beat me down this week. But here's the point, we don't give up. We don't give in. We don't give out. Peter said, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. In verse 9 he said, whom withstand. Steadfast in the faith. There again is that line in the sand. I'm going, to, I'm going to stand four square on the principles that have been set forth in the scriptures. I'm going to do my best to live for Almighty God, come what may. I'm going to grow to love right doing more and more. I'm not going to play with temptation. I'm not going to flirt with it. I mentioned some of the people that were tempted in days gone by. And one name that comes to mind is Samson. Strong man. Strong physically, but weak spiritually. You remember, he allowed Delilah to really betray him. She found out the source of his strength. But there's a passage in 1 Kings, or rather in, in the book of Judges in chapter 16, that I think is very important in light of the life of Samson the Bible tells us that she pestered him day by day with her words and pressed him is that not what the devil does he pesters he presses he pushes but the bottom line we're not giving in so as Paul said temptations coming We need to look for the way, the route of escape. We need to live so that one day we'll be together with God in heaven. It may be the case that you're here today and you've not obeyed the gospel. You haven't done what you know you need to do to become a child of God. The Bible says that we need to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus said, except you believe that I'm He, you'll die in your sins. And then to repent, to turn from a life of sin, as Jesus said in Luke 13, 3. The Bible says that we must confess with our mouth what we believe in our heart, that Jesus is the Son of God. And then be immersed in water so that all of our sins can be washed away, Acts twenty two sixteen. Now the devil would have you to put that off, to not obey. God is saying, today's the day of salvation. It might be that you're here today and you're not faithful to the cause of Christ. Could we encourage you to come home? You know, the Bible says, confess your faults one to another, pray one for another. Could we pray with you and for you today as we stand and sing?